today on the Zabecast. So let's see. Kansas was ready to pay Zion Williamson to be a Jayhawk, but he decided, nah, I'm going to Duke. When does Coach K get his NCAA colonoscopy? We got the fashion disaster that is postseason MLB hype sweatshirts, notorious J-A-Y, and what is a fat ball? Your essential Sports Talk Day starter is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Thursday, October 18, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Don't forget, tomorrow, Premium Zabecast. It is our Football Five Ways Friday show where we will have you are looking live right out of the gate on a Friday morning. All the picks, angles, stats, announcers, referees, and more. Mr. X with his picks. Charge with fantasy advice. We've got Mike Mayock as our special guest this week talking NFL quarterbacking and other trends and we've got timmy brando uncle timmy who's calling the big washington state versus oregon game in the pac-12 on big fox at 7 30 on saturday night so loaded show it does cost 4.99 a month to subscribe to the premium zabecast and it helps keep the lights on around here i do appreciate it if it's not in your subscription budget no worries just keep free riding on monday tuesday wednesday and thursday and jump on in when you can, go to zabe.com slash premium to subscribe. So the coins, I swear, most of them have gone out. I've got one more batch to go to the post office tomorrow. And they should be landing in your hot little hands like right now, basically. The first batch went out Saturday, if I recall. Then they went out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So, yeah, none have bounced back yet, but I'm starting to get nervous. So please report back. As soon as you start getting your your ale coin, if you were one of the first 500 subscribers uh, to the Zabecast Premium. Quick correction here, and I always love emails and addendums from people. Uh, Zabe at yahoo.com is how you reach me. Matt Weeks, via email, writes to say, Hey Zabe, as always, love the show. I'm a bit biased on this, being from Nebraska and a big Husker football fan. But I've heard you claim several times on how you are happy that Nebraska is winless because of Scott Frost's claims that UCF were national champions. As you'll see in the article below, that isn't true. He was against the claim that they were actually champions. Anyways, I still think he'll turn it around the next few years. The true freshman quarterback we have will be a force in coming years if he stays healthy. Best of luck with the Washington area teams. Is a huge fan of your show. I've kind of adopted those teams as my second favorites because your show is always more fun when you're in a good mood. Well, of course. Thank you very much, Matt Weeks. I appreciated that. And yes, I need to back off Scott Frost because it really it was the athletic director, this guy Danny White, not the same Danny White who played for the Cowboys, who went hog wild with the, hey, we're national champions. They even had rings made up that say national champions. Frost's quote, and this is the quote from the story, Frost coached the team in the bowl game, and everything seemed cool after they capped their undefeated season off. But in the aftermath, UCF has claimed a national championship, and while Frost played along with it at first and acknowledged the system is unfair, he's now clear about what would have happened had he stayed in Orlando. Quote, Scott Frost, all I say is if we had stayed there, I would have had a hard time getting behind it. 
I think it was smart by them because it has kept UCF in the media and in the conversation. But, you know, like our rings, I kind of wish my ring just said undefeated season and Peach Bowl champion. The writer of this article on SB Nation then says, I doubt that Frost or anyone else in the staff are against the $200,000 bonus they got from the school, but Frost isn't the only coach on his staff to hint that UCF may have gone a bit overboard. Former UCF wideout coach Troy Walters tweeted and then deleted a picture of his ring with this as the caption. Quote, my Peach Bowl and AAC championship ring came today, honored to be part of a blessed team and season. Hashtag 13 and 0. Of course, it being the internet, and it only takes a handful, some assholes started giving him shit, and so he deleted the tweet. You people, you just got to settle down. So you're right, I'm misdirecting my schadenfreude, I'm misdirecting my Nelson Muncie and ha-ha at Scott Frost. He was not the guy that was really pimping the hole. We're national champions. So with that corrected, we move on. This story is something else. In the NCAA corruption trial, which just concluded testimony in New York City this week, and I recommend you read Dan Wetzel at Yahoo Sports. Pat Forty as well has been covering it. I uh, got to see if my guy um, over at Dennis Dodd at CBS Sports has covered it. But basically all the major players that cover college sports have covered this trial. And there was some juicy stuff that came out in the last day of testimony, even though some of it did not actually make the record. Because the the juiciest part came when Mark Moore, an attorney for former Adidas employee Merle Code, tried to get into the record a phone call that was intercepted by the feds and recorded between this guy Merle Code. Sounds like a weird, weird name. First name Merle, last name Code. Uh, it was a conversation between Merle Code and Curtis Townsend, an assistant coach at Kansas. The call concerns one Zion Williamson, the absolute bell cow stud monster of this recruiting class, who is now going to Duke. According to the phone call, Code and Townsend had an exchange that went like this. Townsend said, quote, this is the assistant coach, Hey, but between you and me, you know, he asked about some stuff, you know, and I said, well, we'll talk about that. You decide. Merle Code, the Adidas rep, then says, I know what he's asking for. He's asking for opportunities from an occupational perspective. He's asking for money in the pocket, and he's asking for housing for him and his family. And they go on to talk, and then Mr. Townsend said, so I've got to try to find and work, try to work and figure a way out to do this because if that's what it takes to get him for ten months, said the assistant coach at Kansas, we're going to have to do it some way. That's on tape. That's recorded. The feds have it. It's not in dispute. It didn't get in to the official testimony in the record because the judge in the case said it fell outside the time frame for which they are looking at. But that said. It's pretty much Kansas dead to rights. They were trying to buy Zion Williamson. Of course, other witnesses said that good old Bill Self knew nothing about any of this. Because why would the muck and the sewage 
of how to get players wash up and dirty the pristine wingtips of the head coach of any program. Thomas T.J. Gasnola, former Adidas consultant, testified that neither Townsend, the assistant coach, nor Self knew anything about payment to players. What? Really? It's all such a joke because, okay, so Kansas is on tape, having said, whatever it takes to get this guy for 10 months, we'll do it. And he decides, nah, I don't think I'm going to go to Kansas. I guess I'm going to go to Duke. Something tells me that it wasn't the campus quad in the fall with the leaves changing that convinced Zion to go play for Coach K. Something tells me that it wasn't their archaeology department that wooed him to come sit there for a year before he goes pro. Something just, yeah, I got a hunch. So I'm asking, where where's the NCAA's crack team to come swinging into action and crawl up Mike Krzyzewski's program's ass and start throwing things left and right? I want a raid. I want SWAT team members. I want them to rappel down the sides of of Cameron Indoor, bust in the windows, sees every computer, every phone, every laptop, every file cabinet. Let's go. Let's go. Let's finally bust the pristine dookies for doing what every other big program in the country is doing. We'll see what the verdicts are in this case. According to some of the stories I read, apparently a number of the Adidas guys who are on trial here are going to get off. Because the entire web of corruption is so far spread, so so widespread, and so ingrained that it's going to be hard to pin it all on them. But boy, wouldn't the coaches love it if that was the case. This piece from Jason Gay in the Wall Street Journal. Jason is a good writer, and I agree with him 1,000% on this issue. The headline is, Baseball's Ugly Sweatshirt Crisis. The worst postseason tradition, these silly hoodies with terrible slogans. Gay says, I'm a reasonable man, but I think reasonable people can agree. These sweatshirts, which are now a postseason tradition, kind of like finding TBS on your TV, are brutal. They are shabbily designed with painful fragments of inspirational sayings. These MLB hoodies seem concocted in the sewer system below a discount marketing academy. They look like a yard sale waiting to happen. I wouldn't give one to your dog to wear. Let's go through the sweatshirt mottos of baseball's final four. Red Sox, do damage. What does this even mean, he writes. Run head first into the green monster? Tear a meniscus? Shatter the psyche of New England with a bullpen implosion? One reader told him that the damage reference is a dig at Yankees GM Brian Cashman. Great. It's lame and petty, writes Gay. Houston Astros never settle the two T's and settle forming a Roman numeral two to imply, yes, we're going for a repeat, our second title. He writes, this sounds cribbed from an ad for white wine in a box. Your defending World Series champs definitely settled for some crummy sweatshirts on this one. Milwaukee Brewers, our crew, our October. (laughs) Haha, get it? A play on brew crew. But just a vacant, terrible slogan, clearly the first idea in a one-idea meeting. And finally, Los Angeles Dodgers, determined. 
Determined to do what? Determined to be sold for 90% off at Nordstrom Rack? Determined to send Larry King home crying once again? Poor Larry has hung on every pitch since Ebbets Field. Could you just give him some joy? Gay goes on to say that part of the crime of these sweatshirts is the fact that they already had the greatest jackets in the history of sports, the classic manager's jacket that would be seen in bullpens, or not bullpens, but seen in dugouts far and wide during the playoffs. He says, not only is the classic Earl Weaver with clenched fists in both pockets manager's jacket one of the great sartorial accomplishments in sports history, it's a timeless, perfect addition to a baseball uniform, an accessory that screams crisp autumn air and dip cans. He says even the satin ones are gorgeous, though they should probably come with a visor and roller skates to boot. How do we get here from there, replacing the classic baseball jacket with today's garbage sweatshirts? I don't know. It's like replacing a vintage Mustang with a rusted shopping cart and a cart with a full of bad baseball ideas. Can you imagine handing Earl Weaver a hooded sweatshirt that read determined? Earl Weaver would chase you out of the dugout with a rake. There's a great picture of Earl in his fall splendor with a crisp black Orioles jacket buttoned up with stripes on the shoulders and Orioles on the front looking as sharp as can be. And stirrups too. I I agree with this 1,000%, and I also agree with it in this regard. These look like nice, thin, comfortable sweatshirts that can be worn indoors and out in these shoulder months, fall, maybe spring. But they're made by Majestic. And every time I have ever held a Majestic brand piece of soft goods or logoed goods in my hand, I have instantly said, this is shit. Now, I know how the soft goods business works. These, you know... Garments are produced en masse overseas in the Far East, and then they get labels put on them. Now, some of the bigger brands, Adidas and Under Armour and Nike, they kind of have their own shops, and they have their own lines with a little bit better materials, better manufacturing, etc. Others, though, they'll just, you know, they'll put different tags on them. They'll put different logos on them. They all come from the same textile plants over there in Thailand. Their main export is textiles. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate that. All the Majestic stuff I've ever worn is shit. And I don't like the Majestic logo. I don't like the fact they put it front and center on these sweatshirts. And until baseball gets out of the Majestic business and gets in bed with Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, or someone like that, I'm not buying anything. That's for damn sure. Time for our friend, the notorious J.A.Y., who promised to us, promises to uncork a whopper of an FPG tonight. 11, 13. Nice, nice random numbers there. Very well yes, done. Yes. Very yes. well done. The notorious J.A.Y. Do you like your new theme music of Notorious? I dug it out of the archives for you. It's, uh, it's excellent, Dave. I like it. Thank you. You can't hear it playing right now because it's actually going to be dubbed in post-production. And I need to find out what who did that song, by the way. Notorious. Duran Duran. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Now you yes. know. All right. We're, let's begin with this one, Jay. Manny Machado. Go. He was 
He was going to be my fuck that guy just for the cornrows alone. <laughs> what you got I against just, cornrows? You I'm, once sported cornrows. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to a public service announcement. White people and Hispanics, you can't pull off cornrows. <laughs> only black people. Is that cultural? Person- Is that cultural appropriation? Yes, the only white person to ever pull off cornrows was Bo Derek, and ever and that's it. I, that's the list. I don't even think she pulled them off, to be honest. Oh, with she, you. she did, or she was just so insanely hot, nobody cared. I think that's basically it. Like I never found the cornrows on a female, no matter what race she was, to be attractive. So Manny oh, first. I've... Okay, so Manny. Okay, well, give me the hottest chicks in cornrows then. Any oh, race. God. I, 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 Bo Dare comes to mind as my number one, number one. Okay. All right. Oh, Janet Jackson sported cornrows once, and they were very delicious. And that's okay. all I could think of without doing a Google search. All right. Well, but, that's that's fine. You seem to you seem to object to my premise that cornrows add nothing to a female. Uh, no, no, no. Cornrows on a female are very hot. It, right. it depends on it depends on the female. But Manny Machado's cornrows. Are tragic. By the way, can I? His nickname with the Orioles was Feo. Feo in Spanish is ugly. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. So yes. I had no idea he was such a lazy bag of shit until the Dodger fans were like, God, this guy really doesn't run anything out. And then he said before game four in an interview, Yeah, I'm not really the Johnny Hustle kind of guy. And he got that wrong. It's Charlie Hustle. Johnny Hustle, yes. Uh, did he say um, Johnny or Charlie? Maybe I got you know, it wrong. He, he said, no, 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 you're right. He said Johnny, but it's Charlie Hustle because Pete Rose. And did you? Yeah, yeah, can yeah. I, can I give yeah you're hug? right. No, you're right. I Googled it. He did say Johnny Hustle. Maybe maybe in Cuba. Is he Cuban, by the way? He is, he is Dominican. Dominican, okay. Manny Machado. Machado. Hell of a ball player, though. Hell of a ball player. Dominican-American. Dominican-American, born in Hialeah, Florida. And played for the Dominican Republic in the in the baseball classic, which angered me. Okay. That said, you living in Baltimore, were Oriole yes. fans distraught when it became apparent they were not going to re-sign him and that they had to trade him? No. They're fine everybody, with it. Yeah, everybody was like, we know we got to get rid of him. Nobody was wringing their hands. No. Okay. It wasn't like when Mike Messina left. That was the, That was the darkest day ever. But this was like, eh, no, nobody really cares. Yeah. By the way, for those that don't know, Jay played baseball in high school at Mount St. Joe's as well as basketball. Is that right, Jay? Yes, sir. And you played adult league baseball up until as recently as when? Three years ago. I'm now, I'm now coaching high school. Coaching high school baseball? I'm coaching high school baseball. Good for you. Yeah. See, I love to see my Afro-American friends coaching and enjoying the game of baseball i i was talking to a friend of ours earlier and we were naming the 1985 royals and it was funny i said this is when black people like to play baseball <laughs> that was the last time it was frank white willie mays aiken it was just amos otis black people all up and down the lineup. is it is it is it wrong of me when i see black guys in baseball now like jeremy jeffress and i go God, good for him. Like, baseball's fucking fun. There should be no stigma for baseball, you know? You make more money and you don't get hurt. Everybody should want to play this. Mo money, don't get hurt, can play forever. And if you're you're a specialty guy, 
If you can throw left-handed, holy shit, you can be a loogie, a left-handed one-out guy and make bazank for doing nothing. I I saw Josh Hader in high school. uh, Josh Hader from Millersville, Maryland, right? My friend's dad coached at Chesapeake High School, and my friend said, you got to see this kid at Old Mill High School. Because my best friend Jimmy, he went to Old Mill. He's a very good player, too. He said, you got to see this kid. And he was like 6'2", 150, but he threw like 92. Yeah. 92 in high school is like 102. Right, and exactly. I believe he pitched a one-hitter this game. I and I was like, I, I may have it. to remember this name. I, I may have to remember this name, Josh Hader. And little did we know, he grew up to be a great left-handed specialist and a bit of a bigot. A little bit, well, and let's hope that he has educated himself and has realized, hey, man, yes, not cool. Let's let's bring it into the 21st century. I want to know what's with the hair. Who, oh, that, who oh, tells God. him? Because it's clearly got a lot of shampoo into it. It's got definitely some prel. It has some after product. It is girly hair. Some guys, and there, you know, there's a trend, and I'm just jealous because I'm bald. I don't have it, but... If, if, you know, a lot of the guys today, tough guys, football guys, including white guys, have the long Thor-like locks, right? Yes, yes. But Josh Hader has girly hair. Like, he has hair that he poofs and fluffs. And I want to know who told him that is a good look. Doesn't Christian Yelich have girly hair also? No. No, Yelich has cut his last I checked. Okay, I thought he had girly hair at one point. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll look for it right now in the Google image search. Okay. But anyway, anyway, uh, you know we are. But we, yeah, that's that's way too much salad going on. Yes, <laughs> way too much. Uh, no, I I would say that uh, Yelich has a big, thick, moppy kind of one direction head of hair. Is that still a style among the white folks? I don't know that if was, it's a style or not. Just, I don't even know Justin what hairstyles Bieber. are. Yeah, the it's, Justin Bieber, the the One Direction. I know that was a fad at some point. It's thick, it's black, it's wavy, and yeah, he's fantastic. Okay, back to uh, back to Hater Man. for a second. Back to Hater for yes. a second. So uh, Drew and I were talking about this on yesterday's Abecast, and I'm sure ding, you ding. listened to it. You're, you're a loyal listener as well as a contributor, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, Ken Beatrice. And and basically, Drew was comparing Hater to the special weapon, either in movies or in sports, that is like the gasp weapon, where when one side brings it out, you're like, oh, look at that fucking weapon. And you can't use it all the time. It's a special weapon. And I thought, what other special weapons have there been in sports that are just sort of limited use? Because... Look, they used him back-to-back nights in games four and five, and he did not look nearly as good in the second one as he did in the first night. He only threw eight pitches his first night, and they didn't even throw him in in the third game in a row because they know he wouldn't be very good. So think of special limited weapons. Robert Ory comes to mind. Big game Bob as a 3.611 big shot specialist. Now you mean just a small sample size, but they change... What they change? Yeah. What you do? Yeah, you you don't even use them that much. They're just a special weapon. Would refrigerator Perry be that on offense? Yeah, you could say that that they pulled out the big uh, slingshot refrigerator Perry. Here's one for you: Kansas City Chief return man Tameric 
Vanover. Vanover. Oh no! But but throwing but, up no. the X. Throwing up the X. I will. But but I will say. Uh, Devin Hester was the ultimate. Devin Hester. I will go one up. Yeah, Devin Hester was really, really yes. fucking good. And you know what? Uh, no. No, no. I was going to no, say John Briggins, but no, that's not, that wasn't a one-off. No, no, that wouldn't be it. No, uh, it wouldn't be a one-off. Uh, how, how, about, uh, how about in basketball, Chris Dudley? The special weapon that would come out and use up all six fouls. All, all six fouls. Within minutes. And I believe, about, may he rest in peace, Chris Dudley. Is Chris Dudley dead? Oh. Uh, hold on a second. We're checking that. Uh, no, he's still alive. Killed there, him off prematurely. Um, I know there's a bunch of people who were three-point specialists in college that I can't think of uh, right Fred now. Hoiberg, mayor of Ames. The mayor of Ames, Iowa. How about, how about, oh, how Mike, about Michael Graham for Georgetown, remember? There's come one. come in and thug it up. Yep. The, how, about, how about Blake Stepp? For Gonzaga, three-point specialist. Blake, <laughs> what 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 country we can't pronounce is he playing in now? I don't know. How about Jerry McNamara for Syracuse? He won the three. Okay, whenever we have another another time, we have to have a show that's called "Badass White Dudes in Basketball." How about Jerry McNamara, Chris Heron, Jerry McNamara, Chris those are two oh, in the God. in the Badass White Boy Hall of Fame. Do you remember when everyone was gaga over the 30 for 30 on Chris Heron? I had him on our show. Had him in studio. And? He was awesome. But at like in the long view of it, it's like, okay, he was pretty good at college basketball. Okay, he got into drugs. Okay, derailed his, derailed his career. Okay, he's sober now and sorry. End of story. He had, he had a lot of crap going on, though. He... Like uh, he crashed his car into a Dunkin' Donuts on a on a on a drug splurge. Oh, he yeah. Well, he had, going, he had a lot going. He had a lot going on because he was high a lot. See, if you're <laughs> hooked on drugs, you have a lot of shit going on. The, anyway, I I but but I said to him off off mic, of course. I said, I said, did you know you hit rock bottom when Tarkanian washed his hands up with you? And he kind of giggled. He goes, he goes, yeah, that was something. When the Tark lets you go, you know you've been effed up. Yeah. <laughs> Very All right. funny. All right. As far as uh, so, uh, who are you rooting for in the two baseball series? I am rooting for the Red Sox and I'm rooting for the Bruins. The Bruins. Well, good for you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. They're in a. They are in though a George Clooney in Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Tight spot. Tight spot. Tight spot. I'm in a tight spot. I'm on a tight spot. We're down three two. <laughs> tight spot here. <laughs> and and you're rooting for the Red Sox. Yes. How can you do that as a Baltimorean? Our best friend Mark Stern is a huge oh, Red that's Sox right. fan. Stern is a Sox and fan, okay. And I don't want to hear him bitching and whining. So I think it's a likable enough Sox team. Ever since Big Poppy left, I can like them. There's no player in baseball I hated more than David Ortiz. How do you feel about him now in studio? Do you ever watch the post game or the? You pre-game? know what? Here's what's funny. He's good. Pedro is great. They have to get rid of Gary Sheffield. I can't understand a damn word Gary Sheffield says. Sheff ain't Whoever- worth shit. Whoever hired him should be fired immediately. How about A-Rod? A-Rod's surprisingly good, and I can't believe I'm saying I want to throw up in my mouth now, but he's surprisingly good. He's good, but the problem is they always dance around the fact he was a lying scumbag cheater all the time. Like when he was calling the wild card game between the Cubs 
and the Rockies, there was a play, and he goes, well, the rules are the rules. And Really? Every, and- You're the guy who wants to say this now? Really? You? Yes. Everybody at home shot milk out of their nose, whether they were drinking it or not, going, what? Oh, the rules are the rules, huh? That's you saying this? Oh, that is rich. Is it bad that I dislike Jessica Mendoza? No, it's not bad. Can I tell you why? Go ahead. Because I know, hip hip hooray that she played softball and she was great. But I said, Jessica Mendoza commentating on baseball is like the ping pong champion of the world commentating at Wimbledon. It's sort of the same, but not really the same. No, no. you're right. You are 1000% right. Softball is not baseball. And here's the other dirty secret of Jessica Mendoza and her softball career. There's a bucket of players with similar careers. I like, can think of Jenny Jenny Finch. Well, she's just the most high profile. See, this nobody ever wants to talk about this, Jay. Television is a visual medium. Television is a land for pretty people. Jessica Mendoza is pretty. And I don't say that to be sexist. I say that as a compliment. I find Oh, you mean quite, to be truthful. Yeah. yeah, truthful, and she's quite fashioning. And I think her personality is attractive as well. She is pleasant she's a bullion she's not a ditz she knows enough to be serious enough she's can hang with the guys i mean i think she's a ideal television entity but no she didn't play the game so she shouldn't i mean if it was me i'd have an ex-major leaguer up there problem is there's a lot of bad ex-major leaguers like ron ron darling ron darling stinks i don't know why anyone sees him dennis eckersley is awesome (laughs) i haven't heard him do games what what does he do he was doing TBS early games. Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay, in the previous series, yeah. I guess I didn't note that exactly. So, anyway, you know, and of course, we're now... You know Ron Darling went to Yale, by the way. Just ask him, he'll tell you. <laughs> and his mom was Chinese, and he got in trouble for saying yes. chink in the armor with Tanaka. Yes. But he can say it because he's Asian. But he didn't mean it like that. He wasn't like, that's a chink <laughs> in the armor. Like the guy who got fired from ESPN for saying that about Jeremy Lin. Max Bredos did not get fired, Jay. He only got a 30-game suspension. God. Or oh, 30, I'm sorry. 30, day, 30 days. And Max Bredos is married to, wait, wait for it, an Asian woman. Da, 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 da. What a racist. We showed him 30-day sit-down for you. He'll, he'll learn now. That'll learn him. <laughs> That'll teach him real good. All right, did you see are you aware of the cheating in baseball that is all the rage the last pine 24 tar. I thought you could use pine tar. Oh no. I thought, I thought pitchers even... could use pine tar. Here here's the thing. Okay, there's two fronts, the pine tar front and then the electronic surveillance front. So on the pine tar front, you see guys like Kershaw has his hat just rotten with pine tar on the back, right? And you're thinking, "Hey, wait a minute. I thought there was no foreign substances allowed." According to one of the baseball guys, Jason Stark, Buster Olney, uh, Pedro Gomez, they all run together, right? One of those guys said, look, it's not, they haven't figured out the language yet that it's an accepted practice that on cold nights in October, the pitchers get to put a little, you know, pine tar in their fingers to grip the ball better and that the batters actually like it better because it, it provides a more consistent delivery. Like they don't have to worry about ducking out of the way because the pitcher can't hold the damn ball. But here's what one of those pundits said. They said, if a manager 
were to go rogue and a call for an inspection, chaos could ensue because the pitcher would likely be kicked out of the game by the rules, and then the other manager would retaliate, and they'd get kicked out of the game, and it'd be a huge mess. Oh, Angel Hernandez, you are up. <laughs> the other the other cheating part was the Astros allegedly got caught with a dude filming inside the Red Sox dugout from a camera well during game one of their series. Red Sox were livid. Other teams were like, hey, these fuckers in Houston have been cheating. Them, them bastards, when are them Yankee bastards coming to Houston? Those, those guys in Houston have been doing this all year. It's about time that Major League Baseball came down hard. Well, it took less than 24 hours, and Baseball Jay said, nah, nothing going on. Let's just keep playing baseball. Nothing to see here. Wait a minute. What was, was it the Astros that got caught, the guy who left? No, the, the- Cardinals. A guy for the okay. Cardinals. Right. Okay. He he quote hacked into the Astros player scouting database, but the hacking Jay was just, hey, this guy used to work for us, and he he and knows he, the password and right, and he didn't change his password. So, oh, I'm in. That guy did. That guy was sentenced to 46 months in prison. I. By the way, I don't care what kind of prison you did. Can you see it in the yard? What are you in for? I hacked into the yeah. uh, Houston Astros. Is, yeah. yeah I, was, oh. I was looking at some five-tool prospects in A-ball in Albuquerque. Thought I could get an edge. Uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Albu- here for a little stretch. How much? Four years. <laughs> Four years. I cut, way, a, I cut a guy's eyeballs out and used him as click clacks. <laughs> I'm only in for three. <laughs> Albuquerque Dukes, by the way, is the, the Albuquerque Dukes. Thank you. <laughs> are you Is sure? That, are you sure? I'm, are you sure they're not the isotopes now? Yeah, I, if they're the isotopes, I will hang this phone up. There is no. They change from Dukes to isotopes. Bro, I know. I know. You, I know you. Don't, please don't hang up. <laughs> please don't hang up. But it it happened. It this happened years ago because of the Simpsons episode. With the rich Ow. Texan who said, oh, they'll play whatever I tell them to play because he bought like a football team and told them to play baseball. The the Albuquerque Dukes changed their name to the Isotopes based it says on the pop. Albuquer- I see hats. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Zavin, you might be. They It says they were a minor league baseball team. Dude, so I'm looking might... at I'm looking at milb.com. Mil- oh no, I believe you. I believe you. I just... Albuquerque Isotopes. I, uh, I guess that's minor league baseball. Milb. Oh, yes. look at that! It's got its own logo. Who knew there was a single website, Milb? Are they still Are they still affiliated with the Dodgers? I remember that. Uh, probably. Anyway, okay. we're we're getting right, we're, we're getting we're deep getting in the weeds. Way here. off. Okay. Yes. So 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 anyway, cheating. The the, wor- the worry is is that teams are stealing signs, which this has, has been going, going on in baseball forever. But here's the what? difference. Here's the difference. The uh, the Red Sox are concerned that in Houston there's this center field bar that has a massive 4K TV, and it shows the game in real time, Jay. And therefore, the batters can look and see this massive TV standing at home plate 
and see the catcher in almost real time, like less than a second, flashing signs and setting up inside, outside, etc. And they're like, we got to do something about this. This is giving them an advantage. They say that there are more pitchers stepping off the rubber and more batters stepping out because everyone's afraid they've got our signals. Oh, my God. The catchers and the pitchers say they have five sets of signs. Five sets. So here's what some people in baseball are seriously proposing. You ready? A headset and microphone system like the quarterback head, uh, helmet oh in my football. Oh, my God. Okay. You, you can tell someone in baseball, here's what's coming, and seven out of ten times they can't hit it. That's right. what I mean, make, make a better pitch, and you – this is – They're well, talking – they're seriously talking about this. and that, um, My head will spin so then, if that happens. So then I thought, well, if they do that, some nerd's going to hack into the signal and be able to listen in. Don't you think? Or, or short it out like they do in, in New England. It's funny how teams go into New England and their headsets don't work now. Right. Or, or you'd hear like uh, the, the baseball nerd who's hacked into the communication between the pitcher and the catcher, and it'd be like, all right, what do you want to throw here? Uh, throw him the, the fart ball. What? <laughs> the fart ball? I don't have a fart ball. <laughs> and and, and it's the two-seam fart ball. The two-seam fart ball, yeah. Uh, although someone suggested to me on email, they go, no, 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 you, you just have to switch the flow of communication. The oh. pitcher, the pitcher, Jay, oh. <laughs> the pitcher has a microphone on his hat or on his shirt, and he can cover or or maybe even in his glove. I'm not sure how the wireless would work on that. <laughs> you're, you're just so, I, you're just, just so disgusted. So, yes. so the pit the pitcher would have the microphone, and he would cover his mouth when he goes to say what he's going to throw, and it would be the catcher who shakes him off, not the pitcher. So that way, the catcher just needs an earpiece. The catcher doesn't need to say anything because if the catcher is talking to the to the pitcher, throw a curveball. That's going to be a little bit obvious, don't you think? I think, again, I can tell you what I'm throwing, and seven out of ten times you can't hit it. It helps. So, it helps though to know if it's a curve or a slider or a fastball. Well, I know like that loca- Bobby, Bobby Thompson. Location, location, location. Well, they use a telescope, and that's the other thing: is that technology is getting better and better. Where there's more hidden cameras, there's more hidden microphones. They're getting all smaller. You're getting better zoom. You're getting better resolution. You're getting higher slow motion. Oh, and there's also this, and it's not cheating. It's just called good scouting. Apparently, uh, the ace for the Yankees, I'm drawing a blank. Severino? Severino. Severino had been tipping his pitches for a month, and apparently the Red Sox had him decoded, and they lit his ass on fire. You know, I'm going to say this. My father, Mr. Yankee himself, had been saying that since the All-Star break. I swear to God. Really? And I... I, my dad, we, my, my dad was really good, and he knows a lot. I, I'll give him. I will say that. And he said he must be tipping his pitches. And I was like, "You're crazy, old man. You're crazy, old man. <laughs> You're crazy, old should, man. Hey, old man, and, should I get off your porch right now? Should I get off your and, lawn right now, crazy and, old man?" And damn if he was not right, saying Severino <laughs> was tipping it. His, his Severino was tipping his pitches, and Giancarlo Stanton needs to change his stance. Those were he was. He's like a, a Homer Simpson's dad. 
he goes on these tangents and yells about stuff. But those are those are his two. All right, let me get a couple more things in here before FTG. Jimmy Butler and his tirade and subsequent interview last week with Rachel Nichols. Uh, it's was it supposed to be a spur of the moment because they had everything set up like they had planned this for like weeks. Agreed. It was completely yes. set up. It was a total work. The NBA is more and more like wrestling all the time, which, frankly, I don't care. You might as well make the regular season interesting because we all know it's going to be Warriors and Celtics in the finals. Here's a question for, for your Tears of a Clown. Where's Jimmy Butler on Tears of a Clown? I listed him as a player that is not of significance in the NBA. He's a good player, but he's a Tier 2 player. Tier okay. 2. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I said there's it, about wait. seven. I, I said there's seven players who matter, and mattering contains a different mix of elements. Like, I contend that Anthony Davis is not a player who matters. He's an outstanding player and a unique player. No, 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 no. Anthony Davis might be the second or third best player in the league. Okay. Does does Kawhi Leonard matter? Kawhi Kawhi Leonard matters a lot also, yes. Does Westbrook matter? Yes. Okay. See, my Matterhorn... If Maybe it's different than my no. Anthony Davis might be the second or third best player in the league. No, actually, here's my. It's uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and then and Anthony Davis. That's my top three. I stacked the numbers up side by side, and the virtual the guy with the virtually exact numbers almost across the board, twenty two points a game, a uh, little better three point shooting, same rebound, same assists is Bradley Beal. Does anyone talk about Bradley Beal the way that? The, Everyone no. is talking about Jimmy fucking Butler. Now no. Butler's uh, Butler's a little bit more uh, better defensively, obviously, but other than that, eh. no, you're right. You are 100. You are. It's it's way too much conversation about Jimmy Butler for my liking. But he knows how to play it because he knows he's got one year left. He knows he can publicly squeeze the Timberwolves by bitching and getting out. This the Butler episode is a replay of the Kawhi episode, which is a preview of maybe the Anthony Davis episode. Because they're saying if he's not happy after this year, he may ask out one year early. So what's the what's the use of contracts? If uh, yeah, I bet that's what a lot of NBA owners are asking. Hey, whatever happened to contracts? When's the next? They seem to get along, but when's the next CB? Is this, when's the CBA up? Because they actually it might be soon. Because remember the TV money is that. Remember the, those contracts have run out because of the TV money. So I think it's like in another year or two that the CBA will be up again for the NBA. So that could be a fight. Uh, it's actually, no, they just had an agreement that started with last year, 2017 slash 18. It'll run through 2024. So they're set for a while. The, they're set for a I while. The, okay. I thought the money, because everybody had to get rid of this money because the CBA was coming up. Because remember those like two years ago, those well, ridiculous contracts that people got? Right. And, and basically the owners said, why don't we do cap smoothing? And the Players Association, led by Michelle Roberts, very smart but also a bit bit militant, very very much, hey, don't take our money, said we're not going to take smoothing. And so what happened was the amount of money that was going to go to the players eventually anyway got released in a big burst, and a lot of guys got way the fuck overpaid. Yes, they did, yes. Which if I'm a union member, I wouldn't like. I'd be like, hey, Jan Mahinmi, that's a really bad deal. Well, um, Larry Nance's son got a got a bunch of money. Larry Nance's son is nothing special. Oh, there's a, a lot of guys in the NBA making a really 
nice living. And you're like, who is that guy exactly? Um, before we uh, wrap this up, get to FTG, uh, while we're on interviews, tell me about the your thoughts on the Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, Lil Wayne interview. Oh, God. What, who? Many questions. Was it just because they did the, the halftime thing with Lil yeah. Wayne? Is that why he was sitting there? A, a, oh, they're, a, they're friends because they're both from Louisiana. And B... Uh, Little Wayne did halftime of the Monday Night Football game in which Odell was on. Bing, bang, boom. Synergy, baby. The interview sucked ass. How about that? <laughs> Wasn't it weird that Little Wayne was there? They didn't explain why Little Wayne was there. He was just sitting there. And he, he... was and he was there just going, uh-huh, yeah, Eli. I don't yeah. know who's the bigger, the bigger dick rider. <laughs> um, Little Wayne or Drake? Because they both are really big dick riders. I'm... Not... They need to settle it once and for all. This is the supreme dick rider of the crossover between music and sports. Throw <laughs> so, so Kevin like, Hart in there, too, but like, nobody's bigger than, than Little Wayne and Drake. Like a dick rodeo? See who can ride the <laughs> dick longer? Yes, I think they should do that, yes. Get off my but, dick. Uh, big uh, win for your Steelers last week. Uh, two things. What did you think of the play that the NFL said, oh, no, that was a legal play, and secondly, Vontez perfect. Uh, that was a legal play, Zane, from what Al, uh, Mr. Rivion said. Yeah, so exactly. I'm going by him. Okay. And and, and how about Vontez Perfect, who continues to just try to maim guys, and the league turns a blind eye? At some point, they're going to get rid of him from the league. That's going to happen. At some point, they're going to go, Vontez, we're, going, we're out of the Vontez Perfect business. Thank you. Thank you for playing. Take your severance and get out of the league. And don't you wonder why they're letting it pass with him when they're like they find your guy TJ Watt twenty grand. That was one of the raising. Of course yes. it was. Oh, and I'll, you'll hear in my FTG another one on this very subject. So, all right. So you got that. Your Steelers won again. Uh, James Conner. James Conner's numbers now through six games virtually equal to Le- Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell's Bell. through yes. six games. Yes. I was talking to my neighbor who's a Steeler fan, and they, remember two weeks ago when people were saying, oh, Connor's numbers look good. He wasn't getting the ball. It's kind of hard to put up numbers when you're getting like six carries. Yeah. And because I talked about this before you came on, where do you stand on the baseball postseason hoodies with the cheesy slogans on them like determined or do damage? I, or... I don't mind. Baseball in the fall and winter, Zabin, is the worst thing going. I Any guy who plays well in the fall, it, fall baseball was always the worst thing going. I hated it. It was cold. Your feet got cold. Yeah, but would, got... You, would you rather have these cheesy sweatshirts or the classic manager's jackets? Sweatshirts. Really? It's how, t- about, it's how about sweatshirts t- without slogans? I'll take sweatshirts without slogans. Because, but I don't mind. A, but, I don't mind a slogan. It's no big deal. Okay, but let's say the Red Sox got blitzed in five games by the Astros, and you've got this sweatshirt that says "Do Damage." I'm. A, you still get. You, you still gonna wear that I'm around? A, going. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, you gonna wear that stick, around? Going. A, yeah, the Astros. I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, if you could tell me you would wear that, knowing your team got it. bombed, I would wear it. I would wear it. And, 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 and when people see it, like, yeah, do damage. Yeah, they did some damage on you. They did some damage to you there, uh, chat ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Without further ado, are you ready? Uh, are you ready for this, by the way? I'm going to need some time for this one. Meaning, this one's the best. 
You mean clear out to give you some time to set it up? Yes, this is the greatest FTG ever. I'm going to call my shot now. I hate it when yes. you, I hate yes. it when when you point to the outfield fence like that. I'm babe roofing it. I, I promise you, Zay. This is everything you want. It, it, pettiness. Okay. It, you, yes. All right. Stand by. Music is playing. I'll cue you when it's time. Here we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, take it away. All right, David. So two weeks ago, uh, three friends of mine, we came over to my, my mom's house, my meemaw's house, and we, we packed up everything. We And we were go- uh, I was going to donate this to the Purple Heart. They take anything. They take CDs, books, blankets, everything. Atar- so we- Atari 2600 games. Atari. <laughs> didn't, I didn't find my old Atari 2600s. That would have been great, though. So... Uh, we they, we put it in these boxes, uh, these clear boxes, um, with with the lid on. Okay. So I so w- as we got one out, I would take it to the curb because I couldn't do it all by myself because they were coming on Monday. So this was on a Friday. So I was taking everything out. At last count, I had fourteen things of uh, fourteen boxes on the curb. Clear plastic bins clear plastic, that you yes. bought at Target. Okay. Yes. I also put a sign, Purple Heart. So about five o'clock, we had just finished. I had taken the last one and put it on the curb. This guy comes to the door, knocks on the door, and I'm going to say to Zabe, not being racial, not being anything. He looks straight out of Meth House Central Casting. Oh my God, white and guy. And he says, "White guy, yes." Oh and he says, "He says, can I get rid of that for you?" And I said, "No, thank you, sir." Uh, and I just exactly what I said, "No, thank you, sir." Purple Heart's coming for this on Monday, but thank you for the offer. I think we got this. So he leaves. So we everybody disperses about seven o'clock on Friday. I say I got to come back Monday because there's like four or five plastic bags that I have to get out too. So I come Sunday morning, all the boxes are gone, Zabe. Fourteen, dude. Yes. You can't. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss, Jay. As we like to say Look, in the business. But a uh, couple things. First of all, it's out of your mom's house. That's a win. Who cares? Number but two, was going, number was going two, to Purple Heart. Okay, okay. Number so two, number number two. You can't leave shit out Friday for Monday. That's too long, man. And as it's soon a as good the neighborhood, Zay. as soon it was a good neighborhood. As soon as the crackhead saw there was something of value on the curb, you knew that crackhead was coming back. You had to do, to bring it back in your garage. Okay, so but right, anyway, so bottom going. line is I'm, to the white. Nope. There's, Oh, there's more? No, 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 no. no! Not even done yet. No, no. Really quickly. We got 30 so seconds. 30 seconds. Oh, there's so much It's so much more, Zane. Oh, All right, I'm going to hit pause. I, I'm hitting pause. Yes, you're going to have to hit pause. You're going to have to hit pause. So right. I'm pissed about this, and I remember my mother, who was on the Homeowners Association board, saying that they needed somebody to come and patrol. And I was so pissed off, I was talking to my brother. My brother and I's name is on the deed of the house. And I said, you know what? Just for our mom's honor, I'm going to run for Homeowners Association president. And goddammit, Zabe, I put my name in two days ago. I'm going to be the Homeowners Association and fire the guy who thought my mom was a crazy loon when she was on the board. So, yes, I don't even live in this neighborhood, but my name is on the deed, and I will be Homeowners Association president November 14th. Congratulations. So, so, to, the, to the guy who was the homeowners 
association president who thought my mom was a loon when I become president. Yeah. I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to say, fuck that guy. Get out of the office. There's not much better than playing CeeLo Green's Fuck You at a loud volume after you really deliver it to somebody. Jay, way to stick it to him. Way to be a good guy and donate to the Purple Heart. Sorry about your loss. And enjoy being the HOA president. It will guarantee you months and months of misery. I don't even live in the community. That's the best part. That's gonna, the best part. They're going to hate you. All right, Jay, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, bud. Thank you, Zabe. We'll end with this tonight. I've heard of this before. But every time this story crops up in a certain city, it always catches my attention because it is, oh my God, it's so disgusting. Please do not listen to this if you are eating or about to eat or maybe just ate. A team of divers in Charleston, South Carolina had to swim through 90 feet of raw sewage to unclog a giant, hairy, Fatberg. What the hell did you just say? A fatberg. Sort of like an iceberg, but fatberg that accumulates in sewer systems, not only in America, but over in Europe. This is the downside of sewer systems and people that are not treating their indoor plumbing as the precious miracle that it is. It's also due mostly to so-called flushable wipes, which may be flushable, but they clog the shit out of the system. The Charleston Water System announced their assault Monday on social media against non-flushable items that clog pumps beginning Thursday at the Plum Island Wastewater Treatment Center. It included thousands of baby wipes, a baseball, and a large piece of metal. Since then, we've worked 24-7 to get them out, the agency tweeted. We started by using a series of bypass pumps to handle the daily, the daily normal flow, but then three days later, the backup pumps were back to normal levels, and they had to send a team of divers down there to travel 90 feet in total darkness and use their bare hands to find and identify the obstruction. I hope by bare hands they mean their gloved hands. If they really had bare hands in raw sewage grappling at who knows what kind of sharp metal objects, syringes, who knows, glass. As expected, we came up with large masses of wipes in their first two loads with more to come. They also found a baseball and a big piece of metal. Don't flush stuff like this. Joking, of course, but you should only flush number one, number two, and toilet paper. The agency then tweeted out a picture of what looks like a life-sized, human-sized snuffleupagus of black, disgusting goop. Oh my God. Don't do this, people. Be responsible citizens. And you know what? Now that, oh God, I'm looking at the fatberg that accumulated in the London sewer system. (laughs) Bacon grease, flushable wipes, Dad's autographed baseball of Oda B. McDowell. All clogs up the system, people. It all clogs up the system. All right, thank you for listening. The Astros, uh, the, the, the Brewers lost on Thursday, on Wednesday, but you probably knew that already. Game six and seven, if necessary, back in Milwaukee. I've been invited to go there, 
by several people. You're very kind. I can't do it. I've got stuff this weekend. It sucks. I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm pulling for you. This could be Milwaukee, your finest two nights, uh, if you come back in game six and seven. Uh, game number five in the Astros and – or game number four, it would be, in the Astros and Red Sox series – is still ongoing as I record this right now, and it was it, the final score was too late for this edition of the Zabecast. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Tell three friends. Get ready for tomorrow's premium edition. Sign up and subscribe at zabe.com slash premium. Thank you for listening. Now go start a petition to get umpire cowboy Joe West to finally fucking retire. And we will see you next time.